what are the things that algorithms do well? What are the things that people do well? And then how do you kind of marry those together into a productive work process so that, you know, you get kind of more than the, than the sum of the, of the pieces there? Algorithms are changing the way journalists are doing their jobs. More and more, newsrooms are embracing this new world of computational journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. Nick Diakopoulos is an assistant professor in communication studies and computer science at Northwestern University, where he's also the director of the Computational Journalism Lab. Nick is also the author of Automating the News, How Algorithms Are Rewriting the Media. Welcome to the podcast, Nicholas. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me on today. So when I get a guest on the podcast who's who's sort of coming from a, a mix of disciplines, I, I usually like to ask, which came first, journalism or computer science? That's such an interesting question. I mean, you know, I've been coding since I was probably about six years old, writing computer programs on the old uh, Commodore 64 in BASIC. But I also grew up in a household where, you know, my father was a, was a journalist for a long time. So I guess I was exposed to both at a pretty young age. You know, I studied computer engineering um, in college and then moved into computer science for my PhD. So that's that's really where my formal training comes in. But I was certainly exposed to, to journalism at a young age and worked at a magazine in high school and that kind of thing. So tying the two together kind of made a lot of sense for me. So what inspired you to write this book about automating the news? So when I was in grad school back at Georgia Tech, this would have been in 2006, I really started, you know, discussing with my advisor there, you know, what it, what would it mean to kind of smash together computing and journalism and what would that look like? And so for the last, I guess, 13 years, I've been sort of thinking about the intersection of those of those fields pretty deeply. And around 2016, it just all started to come together and it felt like the right time to start working on really kind of writing it down, you know, what, what, what did it mean to to do journalism computationally? You know, what did it mean for journalism and, and what did it mean for, for computer science? And, you know, I'm really kind of inspired to take, you know, some of the applied research that I've been thinking about over the years and frame it in a way that's accessible to practitioners as well. Try to translate some of the results and findings in the research in a way that they can be useful for reporters and editors. When we talk about computational journalism, what does that kind of encompass? So in the book, I really kind of cover the whole gamut of what I think it encompasses. So that includes everything from data mining and machine learning to find stories and large data sets to automatically producing, you know, written articles or data visualizations, interactively generating content in the form of news bots or chat bots. Also things like, you know, how are algorithms used in news distribution? So if you look at something like a search engine or feed or recommender system, how do those algorithms play into the way that people are exposed to news? Um, and then finally, I also think about and talk about this kind of the broader issue of algorithms in society and how 
journalists can start investigating and scrutinizing algorithms that are used now throughout government and, and throughout the private sector to contribute to sort of decision-making processes. So when I talk about, you know, algorithms in journalism and computational journalism, I'm really kind of talking about all of those things. It is sort of a widely scoped field. So what are some of the ways that algorithms are rewriting the media, changing the way that we, we cover the news and the way we report and present it? Really, algorithms are changing all kinds of different facets of, of how the media is, is produced. Again, you know, from how the stories are found, using algorithms to identify uh, interesting patterns or, or happenings in data sets, uh, to the way that stories are written. Really, you know, what I focus on in the book is how algorithms are changing news production, and in particular, how people need to work together with algorithms and together with uh, machine learning systems or data mining systems in kind of what I call the hybridized workflows. So what are the things that algorithms do well? And what are the things that people do well? And then how do you kind of marry those together into a productive work process so that, you know, you get kind of uh, more than the, than the sum of the, of the pieces there? So a lot of people, when they think about uh, algorithms and, and media, they, you know, they think about things like negative things like bots that are spreading, you know, fake news or, or you know, trying to get your information. But I take it, you know, you, you talk a lot about the benefits of what this type of uh, computational journalism can actually provide and less about the downside or, or the negative side. Is that correct? I'm an optimist. I'm trying to be optimistic about how this technology can really be useful for enhancing news production. So, I mean, you know, every technology has some good and some bad. And, you know, algorithmic approaches to, to news production are sort of no, no different. On the, on the plus side, I think news automation can help produce news, news more quickly. It can produce news on a wider scale or, or wider breadth of material. It can be used to personalize content to make it more relevant to individuals. And it can also help produce higher quality journalism. So, you know, when we talk about investigative journalism, the ability to use data mining and algorithmic approaches to dig through some of these large document corpora, that's, that's a real advantage in it allows journalists to discover more unique and original stories and do sort of a more comprehensive job investigating these things than they otherwise could without algorithmic approaches. So that's kind of in the on the plus side of the ledger. Of course, there's also, you know, disadvantages to automated news production. I mean, certainly these techniques require a lot of data. They require clean data. And so if you're working in a domain where data is not sort of available or if it's often dirty data and requires a lot of cleaning, then that's going to limit your, your use of automation. You know, sort of a broader point there is that if information is not quantified, you know, if there's some important piece of context for a story that's, that's just not that hasn't been digitized or hasn't been quantified, that's not going to be accessible to an algorithm. And I would say another big issue with algorithmic approaches and, and AI in general is that they tend to be very brittle. Typically, these systems 
are engineered to work in a narrow domain, you know, where it's been sort of very carefully thought through and, and engineered. And that really ends up being a pretty substantial limitation, right? Because in the world of news, things are always changing. The, the world is a dynamic place. There's a lot of different things that can go wrong in the world. And if you're just using a sort of narrowly engineered piece of software, that could easily break if something out of bounds kind of kind of happens in the news. So obviously advantages and disadvantages here to automated production technologies. Are there any projects or newsrooms that you've seen out there that you think are doing, you know, sort of cutting edge or exceptional work with computational journalism? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a variety of examples in the book. One of the ones that I really like to point out is a story from a couple of years ago that was produced at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution newspaper, where they used a machine learning technique to help identify doctors in a large document dump. So they collected like 100,000 documents from various medical boards' websites online, and then they used this machine learning technique to identify documents in that corpus that pointed to doctors that may have been involved in sexual misconduct cases. Of course, you know, this was a months-long effort. It certainly wasn't the case that the machine learning you know, acted all on its own. I mean, there were some very smart journalists involved who built the system, but then also had to chase the leads that the machine learning system produced. So they took 100,000 documents down to maybe 6,000, but then they still had to read through those documents and do all the reporting and, and look into these doctors' backgrounds and so on in order just to kind of finish that investigation. So that's one example that I like to point out of sort of a success of using data mining to find a, a story. You know, I, I know many journalists who, who are always looking for ways to enhance their story, sometimes in a very little way, but other times, you know, sort of what you're pointing to, this opportunity to dig deeper and find stories in the data, to tell interesting stories in the data. I mean, there's just lots of opportunities, I think, to do that. What would you say to somebody who wants to sort of move their career more toward being a, you know, I guess a computational journalist, somebody who writes more data-rich stories, maybe uses different types of algorithms or programs to to assist them in their reporting. I mean, I think this gets at kind of how how the world is changing and how, how people need to kind of adapt and retrain themselves to be able to use all of this technology that's emerging. So I think sort of the next generation of journalists or or this generation of journalists that wants to, to kind of keep up, they're going to need to sort of learn how to be able to, you know, update and tweak and validate and supervise these automated and algorithmic systems. You know, if we're talking about a journalist who wants to use, let's say, an automated writing tool they might need to learn some data skills, like how to work with structured data, how to work with formal logic, like if-then-else statements on that data. I think some fluency with the basics of computer programming would probably be quite helpful for a lot of people. I'm not saying that everyone needs to be a software engineer, but we're talking about some basics, you know, understanding how computer programs work, being able to write some simple computer programs, I think goes a long way in helping someone think computationally. And what I mean by 
thinking computationally is is being able to think in a way that you can set up a problem that you have in your reporting in a way that you can get the computer to help you with that problem. I don't mean that people would actually think like computers, but it's more thinking about how do I break this problem down in a way that I can get a computer to do a piece of this problem for me. So, you know, that's some of the things that people can kind of learn and adapt to. I mean, another aspect of this would be kind of at the high end, you know, learning advanced statistical techniques, machine learning techniques. Again, I'm, I wouldn't claim that every journalist needs to learn this or needs to know about this, but I think if you really want to kind of innovate or, or try, you know, entirely new techniques or adapt some of the techniques that are being used in data science now, then I think developing some of these advanced data science skills could open up new avenues for journalists. Now, I know in the past, having talked to lots of different journalists about their day-to-day working environment, often they find themselves in a situation that, hey, I want to do this type of story. I want to do the, use this new type of technology or something. And it usually comes back onto them to sort of bring it to the newsroom. You know, what can newsrooms do to sort of create an environment where the report doesn't have to know everything? I mean, certainly it's helpful to know how certain types of you know, systems work and how to report and provide data to help support it. But what can newsrooms do to to create that environment to where they can, across the team, you know, pursue this type of reporting? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what I've seen is that these computational journalism projects oftentimes do happen in teams. Uh, and you have, you know, maybe someone who's more expert in data science paired up with someone who's more expert in reporting techniques. And then maybe you even have a product person there or a project manager to kind of tie things together. I mean, these these techniques, these computational techniques, you know, they, they kind of demand that you bring together different skills on a team. And so I think, you know, in terms of how to set that up in a newsroom, having cross-functional teams that come together in order to tackle uh, particular projects, I think is an interesting way to set things up I think, you know, dropping some data scientists in a newsroom could kind of be interesting in the sense that those data scientists might see the typical reporting projects in a slightly different angle or through a different light, and they might have different ideas about how to approach those types of reporting projects. So that's something to try. And generally kind of creating some collisions between different skill sets and different ways of approaching problems, I think can be a a productive way for making progress here. I interviewed a couple of computational journalists from uh, the Washington Post last year about this special project that they had done. And it it was a whole team of people, a whole team of reporters, a team of tech people who were basically, you know, taking these large data sets about crime rates across the country and sort of putting them into a system where they could search for a certain type of information and lay them across maps and build ways to present them. And it was definitely a team effort. And then when you got to the end of it and, you know, the presentation was there, you saw the richness of the whole project. But, you know, that's something that they worked on for a period of time. But anyway, speaking of the Washington Post, it was recently announced that you're going to be joining the Post's new computational political journalism R&D lab. So what are your aspirations for for that position and what the lab is going to be doing in general? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited about this. So I have a sabbatical coming up this fall. And, you know, when I started chatting with the Post, Jeremy Bowers there got excited about the potential to work together. So I'm going to be joining up with him and working on this computational political journalism R&D team. And really what I'm hoping there is that we can we can start to catalyze some advances in the quality and the and the scope of elections coverage that the Post can produce next year. And, you know, I come from a applied research background, and I think bringing that perspective into dialogue with folks in the newsroom, folks from engineering teams at the Post, I think that's going to be really productive. You know, and we're already kicking around, you know, a bunch of different ideas to think through how we might capitalize on automated and algorithmic news production, you know, how to augment the capacities of journalists and reporters there, and how to develop new unique experiences for uh, readers. And I'm also kind of thinking about how computational techniques are changing politics more broadly or, or how they could change coverage more broadly. How is this going to change the way reporters and editors need to cover elections in terms of say, the way that algorithms are, are used to promote different perspectives in the media or the way in which bots are used to push different ideas and so on. So I'm really kind of looking forward to exploring a lot of these ideas and, and collaborating with different editorial folks in advancing some of these ideas. Now, I, I know we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, bots that are used to sort of spread fake news or to gather information, you know, personal information and things like that. You know, one of the things that sort of separates you know, journalists from somebody just posting information online is that we have sort of these ethical standards that we we apply to how we cover a story, how we report something and how we present it. You know, how do we sort of maintain these these standards in, in a computational environment? Are they, are they mutually exclusive? Is it something do we have to change our approach to journalism or do they just work together really well? I mean, there are some new challenges that computational approaches bring up for for the ethics of journalism. I think we're still in the pretty early stages. I mean, ethics is, you know, something that gets negotiated over time as people kind of think through where to draw the lines of, you know, what is kind of appropriate versus inappropriate. I mean, I can sketch out, you know, a few of the areas that I think are kind of interesting ethically through this lens. So, you know, take for instance, um, machine learning. Machine learning, you know, can be used in a data mining context to identify an individual that is maybe newsworthy for some story. Maybe it's some kind of, you know, statistical evidence about that individual. But with machine learning, there's always going to be some statistical uncertainty based on the method. And that means that journalists kind of need to understand the ethical issues of using uncertain statistical evidence with respect to the kinds of claims that they want to make in their stories. So if you want to make a public indictment of malfeasance, that maybe requires a higher standard of evidence than a data mining method can provide. And so, you know, that will in turn kind of mean that journalists need to do additional reporting on the leads that are data mined. Another example would be sort of the use of predictive modeling in journalism. So this is the kind of stuff that we see from election models that 538 and the New York Times publish. There's an interesting ethical question there that kind of gets to the issue of feedback loops and the potential for a public prediction 
to then impact social behavior and social reactions in some way. So is it ethical for journalists to publish predictions on voting day that could impact voter turnout? So finally, I think there's sort of the question of transparency when journalists use machine learning techniques or other types of opaque algorithmic methods in their journalistic process. So, you know, how can you be transparent with these types of tools? I mean, I think that is certainly, you know, transparency is an an ethical goal that I think a lot of journalists share. But the question is, well, how do you be as transparent as possible when you're using these algorithmic techniques? Another ethical issue that comes up is kind of the labeling of automatically generated content. So the question is, if you generate content automatically, does the public have a right to be notified that that content was automatically generated. You know, in the same way that you would bindline an article to signal, you know, who is responsible for writing that article, you know, should we also byline articles if they're automatically produced? You know, I think there are some emerging uh, approaches there. I think most of the major outlets like Reuters and Bloomberg and AP that routinely use automatically generated articles, they sort of arrived at wanting to label that content as such. But I don't think that there's been a broader ethical conversation about sort of the overall standard there. And that might be something to uh, for industry to kind of think about some more. I think AP, like last year, they were, they were experimenting with certain sports stories that are like super basic. Here's the box score. Here's who won and here's who's lost. Uh, rather than have a reporter spend time on that and generate those. So is that what you're sort of talking about, stories that, you know, all the elements are pulled together by uh, an algorithm and and not so much with with reporting? Yeah, that's right. If an algorithm has kind of produced a story from end to end, shouldn't we also label that as such so that the audience understands where that content came from? So this is all really kind of fascinating, and I appreciate you coming in to talk about it. You know, looking forward in the next five years, you know, how do you see the newsroom changing? How do you see computational journalism changing sort of our industry? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some really exciting things to sketch out of where I see this all heading. One is, I think there's some opportunities for news organizations to start developing their own algorithm and tools and technologies that better reflect editorial values that many journalists have. So, you know, for instance, the Washington Post has been developing machine learning techniques to help them moderate comments on the site. And by developing the technology on their own, they've sort of better been able to reflect editorial standards of of how to moderate those comments. So they're not just using some generic algorithm to do it. It's, it's really kind of a journalistic algorithm. So I think this is a really interesting direction for journalists to think about, you know, what are the journalistic values that they want to build into this algorithmic automated AI future of media that's emerging? Or are they just going to be content to pull off the shelf some generic technology that Google gives them or that some other big tech company gives them. So that's one one area. I mean, another. I think another interesting area is just thinking more about this whole hybridization of work. You know, how are journalists going to work effectively with algorithms and AI? And, you know, what, is, what are the jobs of tomorrow going to look like? 
I think they're going to be more and more hybridized, but I think we also need to think as managers and designers of this new hybrid labor, we need to kind of consider, you know, the very human concerns of what does that work look like? Is it good for the journalists who are doing that work? You know, we want to make sure that journalists don't just become cogs in some bigger technological process where, you know, the algorithm is your boss and the algorithm told you you have to call this this person and get this piece of information. We want to avoid that. But I think it, it really kind of boils down to like, how do you design the work so that it's efficient, but also satisfying for the people that are doing it? I mean, it's important that the journalist also feels like they're a useful part of the process. And I know that, you know, for example, the, where you're talking about some of the the data mining where you would bring information in and that, you know, where did that come from? And there's still a role for the reporter who's has to verify things and put that in context. So there are opportunities still for journalists in this in this system. But what's sad is when you think about something like, you know, we've all been in newsrooms where, you know, you guys need to tweet more or you guys need to do this type of thing more because something is telling us that we we want to get more traffic. We want to get more eyes on our page. It'd be better if we write this type of story. It's the editors or the publishers that are telling us to behave a certain way based on, you know, information they get from outside. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm just being paranoid again. Uh, Nicholas, uh, th- this was great. I've been talking to Nicholas Diakopoulos about his new book, Automating the News, How Algorithms Are Rewriting the Media. Nicholas, thanks for uh, talking. Thanks so much for having me on, Michael. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, why not sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter? You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. We also just posted the results of our online survey about journalism resources. Check out what tools some of our readers are using to make good journalism. Everyone who took our survey received a free It's All Journalism mug. If you'd like to score a mug of your own, take one of our surveys. Go to itsalljournalism.com to learn more. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicole Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Emilio Brust helped with our booking. Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.